0: Welcome to the latest installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing an intriguing topic. Why product management? The move from previous endeavors into product. Before we delve deeper into this topic, let's work our way around the room and make some introductions. So if we start with Dimitri.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Dimitri, product manager at the Airtame. I've been working this product management for the last five, six years. Before that, I've been working in all sorts of fields from Project management to business development, so yeah, quite a quite a relevant topic for me. Um, as a person, I really love American football, so anyone wants to discuss NFL or anything like that, hit me up. Perfect. Thank you for that, Dmitry and Una.
2: Yes, hello. My name is uh, Una. Thirty nine years old. Got uh, two kids, age eight and eleven. So I work as a product manager for Velos IoT. Uh, as the name kind of states, within the internet of things business. We provide connectivity to customers all over the world and, uh, and yeah, have a, a telco background work for Telenor for 12 years before moving to Velos IoT. And uh, yeah, in my very reduced spare time, I like to, to get some running in and uh, I got a girlfriend that takes up some time as well.
3: Um, and I think, uh, that pretty much covers it.
0: Yeah, they tend to do that, don't they? And
3: finally, on to Jonas. Nice to meet all of you guys. Uh, My name is Jonas. I'm head of products at a company called P27, also known as Nordic Payments. We are currently instating the new payment rails across the Nordics, so connecting banks with central banks, making sure that all people can do uh, bank payments across Nordics. As with Runa, I have some kids, three. Ten years old, five years old, and one and a half. So busy man, uh, outside of uh, the busy work life. I live up north of Copenhagen in Allerød. I have a girlfriend, 30 years old, 37 years old. Uh, in my spare time, I like to do uh, mountain biking, motor- m- motorcycling, skiing. I think that's about it cover set. I actually have a question um, that I would like to pose to my fellow uh, participants in the, in the podcast. Um, so Rune... Uh, at what point in your career did you recognize that you wanted to work with product development, and what kind of steps did you take to achieve that? Uh, you mentioned you came from telco. Um, I share that I had 10 years in in UC before going into the financial industry. Um, so I would be curious to understand what steps did you take, and if you can, one moment decision right where you kind where it clicked for you, uh, where you thought, okay, this is this is what I want to do. Um, and yeah, what what steps did you take to get there?
2: Thank you, Jonas. Uh, good question. Uh, so I think for me it hasn't been a straight line into product management. I've uh, I started working uh, on the floor in customer service in Telenor while having a break uh, at university where I studied uh, politics and business administration. So. Some, something completely different than that I'm doing right now, uh, and uh, yeah, I had a brother that was very very sick at the at at that time. Got a had a, a, a girlfriend that who uh, became pregnant, and uh, then I was offered, or I had two choices: either go back to university, uh, which was actually my plan, or to stay at till and then I was offered by my boss to uh, to become a, a lead in, instead, and I took that option. And there from on, I've always set, you know set a pride in doing my tasks as 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 good as possible. And uh, at some at some point, uh, somebody saw a light in me and asked, "Do you want to do some product management tasks?" Uh, on a temporary contract and uh, like always i i'm up for the challenge i think uh, putting yourself into deep water uh, makes you grow and uh, with that in mind i i said yes and that turned into a permanent position at some point i've also been blessed having some really 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 big projects uh, or been involved in some big projects, like a big uh, simplification project, which was, which was my first project in uh, in Telenor, trying to clean up all of the mess that has been put into the systems for, I don't know how, how many years, you probably all know that, uh, that feeling. And uh, after that uh, into uh, building the, the BSS stack for for Telenor, which was quite a, a big project as well, putting 200 legacy systems uh, down and uh, trying to uh, merge them into one. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I've, I've I've had various roles in, in product management since then. I've I've been dealing with uh, lifecycle management. I've been a business manager. Whatever fancy name they came up with is uh, I've pretty much had it.
3: Uh, Super interesting. I actually have a question, a follow up yep. question. Uh, so you, you decided to uh, to to take a break from university. Yeah. H- have you finished your degree since then, or have you have you just skipped it? And 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 the degree. I've, I've, pre- I've, yeah? I've skipped it. I started reading an HDO uh,
2: instead. Uh, simply because you know completing that that uh, that education at that time uh, felt like okay, I was trying to do much too much at the same time so you know young kids a wife that needs to do something at, at some point as well and uh, me trying to or me putting too many hours into uh, into work as well right and uh, at the same time you need some kind of uh, release at some point you need to go out and have a beer with the guys or you need to do a run or you need to do something else so for me it's been uh, uh doing the pros and cons and saying okay uh, Am I comfortable putting the hours in, which I need right here? And um, at that point, I wasn't. So I decided to say, okay, let's let's limit the efforts because uh, I'm already over overbooked with all sorts of different things, uh, and I want to want
3: to keep it as simple as possible, so I don't drown at some point. That makes sense. And and product management did you start that in in Selenor? so that opportunity I started in... At, in
2: Telenor uh, okay. on a temporary contract and uh, really like it because uh, I think you can probably all nod to that you know the product manager is somewhat of an expert of the product so you need. You need to be on top of the technique uh, or the technicalities. You need to be on top of the commercials. You need to be on top of 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 the whole um, governance of the product within the organization, right? You need to be on top of processes and uh, Q and A and testing and all of that uh, jazz. And uh, you're kind of a, a facilitator every time you need to do something, right? Because you need some smarter people in a room that. You need to to get to uh, to to do something for you, so you can end up with the with the with the best possible product in the end. And for me, being that enabler, putting these persons into the room, saying, "Okay, let's try to do this and let's try to do it in the best possible fashion," uh, is really something I like. Um, and then at some point, of course. It will be more me. It will be more me trying to uh, establish the whole change management uh, part of it and put it into uh, into the daily lives of the organization so everybody knows what to do and every, everything is, is more or less sorted for, for the people
0: who need it. Mm-hmm. And what about yourself, Dimitri? Could you give us a little background on your journey into the product?
1: Well... Actually, it all started in a very similar fashion as as what Runa said. Essentially, I took an education which uh, I ended up not utilizing at all. Uh, I did finish my degree in the supply chain management, so I thought that I was going to work with uh, logistics um, and and that kind of things. But uh, it didn't turn out like that at all. Um, and I think this is why this topic is so exciting that you know you can never plan for what life has in store for you. Um, my first Job was actually as a product manager, as a project manager at the, a media company called Nordisk Film, um, and that's where I've been working for, for nine years before joining Airtame, where I started as a project manager and then went through uh, various positions to end up in product. I think there is a very clear moment uh, I can think back on when I realized that um, being a project manager was not necessarily my calling, and I really wanted to 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 have more responsibility on product side. Um, That feeling of, you know, giving up a project you worked on for so long and handing it over to someone else and saying, now I'm done with this and I'm gonna move on to something else. Um, There was a particular project where where it really hurt because I really wanted to stay and work and continue evolving. It felt for me like it was launching something was more beginning of a journey rather than a finish line because that's only where you actually start learning and gathering insights and understanding what you need to adjust. Um, and I think that's also the ambition that ended up driving me to join AirTeam, which is of course a smaller organization, but that has been born around you know, product and actually working on something that directly contributes to um, the company's success.
0: Yeah, it's nice to hear that you agree there that you've come from educational backgrounds that perhaps weren't quite relevant for what you're doing now in the day-to-day role that you occupy. I think it's intriguing that you say that your motivation was losing that feeling of attachment to a project. So you you then went about going into product. And what about yourself, Jonas?
3: Yeah, but it's actually really funny, right? Because I didn't get as far as the two, these two gentlemen. I never got to start at university. I took a break after high school. And because I didn't I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to just start an education that I didn't really know what I was going to use with. So I figured, let me... Do a little bit of work, get away from school for some time. So I started at UC, uh, very similar to you, Ronen, right? Taking a break, taking some calls on the phone, quickly became a a teacher and instructor and, uh, instead. Um, then I went into project management, actually, um, similar to you, Dimitri. Uh, worked for almost 10 years at, at UC, doing various roles, mostly project consulting, taking part in 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 large projects across the organization, uh, being the voice of the customer service department, basically um, learned a lot in those nine years. Um, and at some point during my time at UC, I realized that I wanted to do product management. Um, it's of course not technical product management when you are at a cable TV company because they were they were more, more a purchasing of uh, of TV channels, right? So I worked very closely with product management in UC in my role there and and really in, seemed to enjoy or it, it I, I seemed to, to want to to do what they did right at product management and I didn't at that time I didn't really know how to get there um, and it never ended up uh, working out for me. I, I left uh, UC before I actually got to work with product management at UC. Um, then I went into the financial industry uh, where I started in a technical role and for a while, I thought I wanted to be a developer. Um, I'm pretty good at coding. Um, but uh, I started getting closer to the developers uh, in an agile setup and slowly learned the product, right? And that's how I actually ended up going into product management, uh, just really learning the insights out of the product, going out with sales, doing technical pre-sales. I found out I was really good at mapping customer needs and seeing the issues customers were was, was sitting with and seeing how could we use the product to close those gaps and actually sell that to uh, to the customers. Essentially got me into product management um, and realizing just having this conversation with you guys is that the product management part that I really enjoyed about at UC was actually the commercial part of it. And this is also where I've ended up today, where I do mostly commercial stuff rather than actually technical product management uh, as such. Um, so super interesting. That we are so similar in our journeys, but even then we do very different things. and And I would actually like to pose a a follow up question to both of you. Um, so is it mostly the commercial aspects of product management, or is it more on the technical side of working with the the, the developers that you enjoy? or is it the
1: combination of both? Dimitri, maybe you can go first? I think um, you, you know there are there are really many hats of a product manager. Like uh, you you can wear a lot of them, or you can wear some of them. You can uh, specialize in one direction um, or multiple ones. Uh, I I think that as my career evolved and I grew as a product manager, I also started enjoying different things. I think that uh, over time I gravitated more towards uh, users and more towards, uh, like discovery processes, uh, providing value. Um, but due to my background, uh, I'm still, it's, it's a natural affinity for me to, to, to be involved in the delivery track as well. So with, uh, you know, talking to developers, um, I cannot code myself. But I do have this natural curiosity for for tech and like understanding the solutions that we're working on. Um, so I think that's those interests feel sort of evolve over time and also depend on the company. Uh, sometimes I like to say that uh, as a program manager, you come in and you can sort of fill a vacuum, right? You come into an organization, you see like what what is lacking here, what where can I step in and contribute, and maybe the organization is really strong and. On user insights, organization is really strong on data, but they are missing on, you know, maybe processes, or they're missing on some of those other things. And then you can sort of, as this kind of octopus, come in and like say, okay, maybe I need to contribute to this area. Maybe I need to contribute here. But in the end, it has to align with your understanding of product management, because there are also so many definitions of what a product manager is and is not.
2: Well, my answer is going to uh, sound very much like dimitris i think yeah. <laughs> for me it's uh, it's both worlds combining them trying to get this uh, 360 uh, view of uh, the product that you are dealing with i think uh, if i were to point out some of the things that i'm looking more at than other things is definitely you know feeding feeding it to the organisation and making sure that i get uh i don't get a lot of feedback on it that it kind of lists it like uh, lists lifts the, the the whole uh, life cycle uh lies without me having to deal with it uh, uh, every week or every day or, or or something like that so the whole, you know making sure that the persons on the floor or doing the daily work is satisfied. I think that that uh, is uh, something that I feel is something that you know if you can do that, you've kind of solved a lot in advance. So uh, so for me, uh, that's definitely a part of it, and and that's probably more the change management uh, process of 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 doing uh, project management, but. A, but of course, you need to understand the commercials, you need to understand uh, the technical part of the product to, to be able to do that. So uh, for me, as uh, Dimitri also stated, it's kind of being that octopus coming in, trying to to put everything in order and making sure that everybody everything is on, on the right shelf and uh, everybody got what they need uh, without over asking because you only have, you know, that many hours in a day.
0: Yeah, I think the the separation into the technical side and the commercial side of product management are insightful, and I think it almost relates to the next question that Dimitri's posed, which addresses people's backgrounds and whether that has an implication on, you know, the the measure of success, the prediction of success. So, would you like to pose that
1: one, Dimitri? Yeah. So I was curious to uh to hear uh, the panel's opinion on this matter because when I was um. Looking into product management, um, it seemed like there were very different opinions uh, on what kind of things are really important for you to get started. Um, On one hand, there seems to be some very clear advantages if you're coming from an engineering background, if you're coming from a design background, for example, user research background. Um, And on the other hand, you have those things that are more um, personal traits such as empathy or stakeholder management skills, um, the ability to you know, read the room, understanding those subtle um, things that are going on in an organization. Um, and I just want like to hear like, do you think that h- how highly would you weigh um, the professional background or like the, the things that you're coming with in your um, professional luggage as opposed to those kind of personal softer skills um, to be a successful product manager, um, Jonas, maybe you would like to start. I
3: can do that. And based on our conversation so far, right? Clearly, the education part cannot be very important. Oils, we are very terrible at our jobs. <laughs> um, so I, I, th- I guess that answers the question from my side. Um, I would say the the personal skills um, is is definitely more important. Um, and and actually, I don't think necessarily the, the personal traits of a person needs to determine whether or not you can do product management or not. For me, it's about if you set your mind for it and want to do it, you can learn to do it, right? It's a matter of getting closer to the product, get a better understanding of it. Because the second you start understanding the product better, you can start applying that in... And I really liked the reference earlier, you made earlier, Dimitri. I never thought about it like that. The The vacuum, right? The gap that might exist in an organization around product, right? So you can you can then take the knowledge you have around the product and apply it where it's needed. Let that be with the customers, let that be around the financial aspects on on the commercial side, or if it's in a a completely different part of the the organization. I've always looked at product management as, say, the bridge between sales and the IT. Um, But actually, the, the longer I've been in Product management around different companies. Um, I had a, a stop in Danske Bank as well. Um, for me, we're really, you say, the bridge between many, many parts of, of different organizations, uh, which is also why I think it's so immensely interesting to work with product management, because at the end of the day, products is the company, right? It's it's what we typically sell. Um, the organizations we work in today is is more technically oriented, but but. Whatever company you have, right, uh, products would be would be the core of it. Um, so for me, education is more toolboxed uh, or the tools you put into the toolbox. So you can definitely take a degree that will serve you really well in product management, in my opinion. But you don't need it, right? You can pick you can pick those tools up at the job as well uh, over time, and you can even do it as we've seen with Moon and myself working in customer service, right. Um, it's not a problem. It's a matter of mindset. It's a matter of diving in and actually applying yourself, and then just uh, trying to become a little bit better every day, learn a little bit every day. So if you have that perspective on life, I think you'll get far, and you can you can definitely go into product management without having the let's say in quotation
0: proper education. And what about yourself, Una? How would you weigh that?
2: So uh, pretty pretty much the same as uh, as Jonas. Uh, for me, it's uh, personal skills that kind of determine the success you will uh, experience in in uh, in the role. I think uh, Dimitri, you mentioned earlier on being uh, curious. Jonas, you mentioned you know taking this dive into the product, you know learning things from a day-to-day basis, trying to evolve yourself, never never be satisfied, right? Uh, I think that is. Uh, It's a big part of that, of being in in product management because, uh, you know, you can't have a background within all the products that you are introducing into an organization, that would pretty much be impossible. Uh, So you need to uh, really need to be ready to, uh, to adapt and learn new stuff and say, okay, there is always a smarter guy in the room then, but besides myself, that I need to uh, where I need to to grab the feedback and put it into a grinder of some kind, and then you get an output that's that's more understandable for for the whole organization. Let me put it that way. I think we all can can nod to that. Uh, so so yeah, uh, definitely the personal skills. I think for a lot of the technical aspects of the role you can learn it i would also say i'm working within a very complex area where you got protocols for almost everything and that's a bit hard to be in internet you know no no know, know it all by heart uh, it is something that where you need experts feeding you information and trying to explain you how that works uh, so uh, so yeah having the curiosity to dive into that, trying to understand what is actually going on right here and then adapt and uh, try to to feed the best
3: product to the organization besides the customers, of course. I I completely agree. I think uh, the curious mind is probably the one personal trait you need to have or at least adapt to if you want to get into product management, accepting the fact that you can never know everything and you will never know everything. There will always be, as you say, someone in the room that is smarter than you around a specific subject. But what you will come to realize is probably that instead of having a, a T profile, right, uh, where you're very deep in, in one area and you have generic knowledge, you're actually quite far in a lot of areas. So you, you can map things in the organization. And and at least for me, in the organization I've been in, it's it's when I've been there for a year or so when I start getting a really good understanding of the different parts of the organization, that my skills really come uh, to shine because then I can actually see patterns that other people don't see. And that's where I start to create a a lot of value for an organization. It usually takes some time because you really need good stakeholder management as well. So stakeholder management as well as a curious mind I would say is the is the two most important important personal traits um as a as a product manager and
2: no know, knowing how to approach people as well right trying to get their best sides in play i think that's also one of the things that you really need to be good at because you know if somebody doesn't like you the output from that uh, person will never be as good as
3: uh you know trying to yep. to to get them playing at their best So if we were not in product management, we would be a diplomat. I'm not sure I can say that. uh, Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, thanks guys. I think that you both bring some very, uh, correct points and, uh, it seems like we're on the same page here. I think that, um, even if you do not possess a lot of those things, it's definitely something you, you can learn, um, if you set yourself on it, as long as you're having these drivers that are pushing you forward for why you think it's relevant and I think also that's why speaking of education you you cannot really take I believe an education in product management that will give you what you need I think product management often comes as an afterthought based on years of experience where you have seen some things you have tried some things and then you realize that Okay, this makes a lot of th- uh, sense. Like When I think back to my study when I was studying a Bachelor of Economics and I had financing as a subject, I could not understand why it was important. I could not for the life of me understand why I needed to do these calculations, how they would work. And I think someone might have the same experience if they were to study product management. A lot of the things would be like, okay, but why does this make sense? Why are we doing things this way? Uh, and perhaps also understanding the differences between the uh, the by-the-book product management you can say what people say out there you can do versus the realities of companies of how companies are organized how human actors are irrational and how that can really hit you I think there is a lot there that only comes with experience for you to learn and see Jonas
3: yeah, so one thing that actually reflected a little bit about um, coming into this talk with you guys was also frameworks around product management. And, and you touched a little bit up, up, up on it right now, Dimitri, so I figured now would be a good time to actually interrupt and and, and post that out to you. So, so how have you, since you don't have, say, product management as an education, um, and you've also been in, in, in different companies working with product management, how have you seen... The different frameworks that you can utilize for for lifecycle management of a product, being used and and your experience with it. How did you learn it? Was there someone else in the organization that took them their, uh, you under their wing and basically taught you, um, or is it something you've been investigating on your own on the side? Or how have you gone about it? Maybe only you can go first. So
2: a bit of both. I think uh, being in a pro- uh, project and uh, you know trying to uh, to go to market with a new product, you need to be aware of the governance that are in place uh, and uh, you can get some guidance. I think my preferred uh, way of working is actually to just go to some of the guys that are within that governance, getting their feedback before going ahead, uh, just to get their inputs on how to do that best. I think that kind of scheme, smooth the way uh, forward at, uh, as well because you get you get the talks you get a more in-depth talk but some of these persons before uh, going into uh, a steering committee and trying to uh, to, yeah, to to uh, to present uh, the product and uh, the whole commercial part of it is that's mostly the most important part of uh, of that steering committee uh, presentation right um, but for me, yeah, I, let's jump to Dimitri because I think I got some, uh, then I'll just give it a think on, on how I like to close this, uh, this subject.
1: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm re I'm really passionate about this topic and, uh, I feel like, uh, uh, thanks for asking the question. Um, I think when you come into a new organization, um, you have to be humble and respectful about the process that exists. Um, You have to, curiosity has been mentioned before, you have to approach it with curiosity and trying to understand the why behind the things that are going on. Even if you come in with a wealth of experience and you're super confident in the ways you've done things before, um, it still deserves some time for you to get settled and understand why things are being done in a way, a certain way in an organization. That being said, I think there is no process that is sacred when it comes in the way of value. Like if, if a process stands in the way of you working better as a team or you getting closer to your customers and users, you being able to iterate faster. Um, of course there can be legal things. There can be corporate rules in large organizations, but. As a product manager, I think it's also your job to challenge those and to really articulate why we could do better. And I think that's where I'm really, you know, I have some strong opinions about a lot of those heavy frameworks where people, they roll out, you know, now we're going to do safe. Now we're going to do this and we're going to do this this way because it says so on the page 394 on the manual and by the way the Agile manifesto said that this you do like this and then you do like this. In the last 2 years we have changed the way we work in our team more times than I can count. Like and it's been based on feedback, it's been based on what the individual team members thinks is working or not working. And like our process doesn't have a name. It's not Scrum, it's not uh, Kanban, it's not Spotify model. It's none of those things. It's the process that we feel works best for us and the way that we deliver value. Because that's what process is supposed to be an enabler for value. And frameworks are supposed to be enablers for value. And if they cannot do that, you have to take and adjust them to the point where they do that. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, but it, And it's
3: super interesting, right? the three of us uh, coming with, say, no educational background for this. Uh, so it's also interesting that we, well, maybe logical that we share this view because I I completely agree, Dimitri, a, a framework or a process should not stand in the way um, of value. So if it's in the way, we should change it, clearly. I agree. But But I do think, though, that, and that's probably something I've picked up over the last years, is that sometimes they can actually help to create a direction, right? Um, so if you if you have no process or no framework at all, you fall um, and just, you could say, your way of working is just made up on the spot uh, through iterations, then sometimes actually going into the helicopter view and looking at that holistically might enable you to, to find and, and see optimizations that you otherwise wouldn't have seen. Um, but I agree, uh, I've also been at places where, say the framework or the process um, was more important than the journey and then it really becomes uh, a, a very inside thing around your angle right where you can't really move probably um, so when it gets to that point it's uh, it's difficult
2: if i had to to just push back a bit i think from my point of view the output that you present to the rest of the organization that it that that part is pretty generic with other outputs is is rather important right because if you suddenly have processes that doesn't look alike, yeah. then the rest of the organization gets confused. So I think uh, from from my point of view, that part would be uh, would be important. But but I think coming to that, the ends to the mean, so to say, exactly. yeah, is less important as you also uh, both states. I think well, wait, uh,
3: they're actually important, right? But w- yeah. what they are less important. Uh, yeah. But I and I completely agree, right? The output. Of course needs to be understood by the rest of the organization so we can't really change say the message um or and if we do it needs to be a a a, a larger uh,
0: change right uh, across the the complete organization definitely i think there's been some insightful points i mean discussing the significance of educational background and not completely dismissing it i mean you do understand the significance of some frameworks and how they can be utilized within an organization but at the same time, understanding how important personal skills are. I think one thing that I picked up on throughout this exchange is people discussing the size of the organization and how this may have a different effect on the role of product management. And I know that, Una, the question that you've posed at the end is quite relevant to this with you all operating in similar organization styles. So if you'd like to pose that question to the group.
2: Yeah, so uh, I think just to be uh, totally, uh, totally frank, I asked this question when uh, we originally was uh, were for in uh, in this talk, and I was kind of lacking uh, some good questions in regards to the whole subject of this talk. Uh, so yeah, my question uh, ended out being if we should be better at saying no to things that are normally not a part of the PM role, uh, as we are all working in rather small businesses, right? It can keep. Can be really hard to, to actually get uh, the resources that you need to complete a te- uh, task, and uh, I think for me that's that in, uh, you enter a, an exciting decision right here in regards to when should you actually say no, and when uh, when should you just keep on grinding, even though you got you know so many other tasks lying on your table and uh, are waiting to be resolved. Uh, I think, Dimitri, if you want to go first?
1: I think there is um, saying no at different levels. Um, It sounds like we do have some different perspectives on the various aspects of the various hats of uh, the product manager job. And I think to each and every person who sits out on an endeavor in product management, they need to decide for themselves what do they think is paramount about the product manager role. Uh, for me personally, it is, you know, working with a team, working together with a team. It is uh, interfacing with customers, getting their feedback, implementing that feedback or finding solutions to the real problems that they're having and having the why in place. If I were to be approached by some my organization asking me to relinquish those parts of the job in order to do something else that would be a deal breaker for me because that to me is at core of the product manager discipline. Now, as far as saying no, I think we, we have all have great experience with it because in order to be able to prioritize things, you have to do that all the time. And that comes when it comes to the your team uh, on the behalf of the people that you're working with, you're helping to prioritize. It also same goes for your own time, right? And I think that you can use that thinking of what things you think are the most important to actually prioritize. So let's say that you are someone who is product manager, but you also happen to be a really good data analyst. You happen to be really good at data. And then people come to you and say, oh, can you help me with these things? You can do that, but it's not at the core of your role. And that means that if you're doing some things that end up sacrificing the the outcomes of your deliverables on those core areas, I feel like you're obliged to say, sorry, I cannot do this because it would compromise these other parts of what I'm doing.
2: Let me ask a follow-up question because I think it's a super interesting answer. In regards to to leading a new project where you are going to market with other stuff and you can't get the resources that you need to close every gap, how much will you cover yourself to get that out of... uh, or get that uh, to progressing even further than than where you are, or would you switch to another uh, task that you have lying around and uh, just waiting for you to uh, to get some time?
1: I think that's back to uh, the stakeholder management and the communication skills that a product manager must continuously practice. Right, so it's about aligning expectations. It's about um, speaking to the people who are stakeholders for the project, saying, "Look." You have given us this task. We are going to work on this implementation or whatnot. Um, We also see it's important for our users because of X, Y, Z. However, there are these constraints and we cannot do anything about these constraints under the current circumstances. That means that we will have to either sacrifice the quality or the time or some of those other traits Um, and basically keeping everyone in sync because I think The unfortunate moments that come about where, you know, you get into conflicts, where people are, um, you know, I wouldn't say mad at you, but coming into your table saying, why is this not done yet? This kind of things. I think that that must be addressed way before that conversation happens. That must be addressed proactively. It must be addressed with the right people at the right moment. And I think then you can sort of help yourself and prohibit all those things from happening.
3: Super good answer. Jonas, uh, you want to take your turn on this? I can take a stab at this, yeah. Uh, Also a super interesting topic, actually. Uh, And I think, and this goes outside of product management. This is in life in other roles as well, right? Uh, And I think an important thing to remember for everyone is saying yes to everything is essentially an opportunity cost of focusing and allowing yourself to focus on the important things. So the, the 80-20 principle, the Pareto principle is is just so important. Focus on on the small things that will make the biggest impact. So if you don't prioritize, as Dimitri says, right, you're gonna end up short handed. And that is in product management, in life, in sales, in customer service. You need to focus at the important things. Um, so so the, the direct question, uh, answer to your question only is yes. We need to be better at saying no at all times in our career and life. Um, With that being said, I think it's also a little bit of a contradiction in the product management space because it is actually, as we talked about a little bit earlier, getting into all of these details that are important, right? So if you don't allow yourself to get into some sort of detail across the portfolio of what you're looking at, then you will never actually get to the point, in my opinion, where you deliver the absolute value to the organization as you can. So it is a matter of continuously improving your own perspective and and going into things that you normally would think sit a little bit outside of, of your of your role. Um, but I think it, you just need to apply some um, you you need to be your own critic here and 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 select the things that will make the greatest impact. Uh, and it's, I think this is a topic we could discuss for hours, probably, uh, because there are so many nuances to this, that, and it's just super interesting. Um, but but one thing that um, I've taken with me over the the last couple of years is the when I was asked in the past who I work for, right? I always replied with I work for this company. But my perspective has changed to the fact that I work for myself. I work to improve myself, right? So whenever I do something, I do it for myself. I don't do it for P27. Um, I do it to improve, uh, you could say, the skills that I sit with uh, and the value that I can actually bring into the organization. Um, And and that goes a little bit against saying no to a lot of things. uh, But I think it's it's basically a matter of saying no to the right things, if that makes sense. It becomes a little bit philosophical, I know, but... uh, I completely get your points. So, and I think that
2: that was one of the main reasons why I changed my job at the, at one point. Right, I needed some new, I think, new energy, but also needed to work with the people that are, that I can learn more of than 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 the role that that I was currently in at that time. I think that's you know one way of taking yourself out of uh, the equation and saying, okay, you need to upskill yourself somehow, you need to learn some more, you need to evolve. How are you going to do that? And uh, yeah, working for yourself, right? Being your own boss
3: somehow. Mm -hmm. uh... Yeah, and I don't think any of us as consultants today, you know, we have full-time jobs, all of us, right? But it's just, it's the perspective of of why you do things. Um, So it's basically the... Why are you working here and what, are, what what are we doing this for, right? And of course, we want to create value for the organizations we work for. I don't, that, that's not what I'm trying to say, actually. Um, yeah. Reflections, Dimitri?
1: I think it's um, it's very good to have this um, conversation about all these layers. And I don't think it can be helped that it becomes philosophical because like you're saying, it's really applicable to many levels of, uh, of the way you approach things. Um, and yeah, I think I think that the, it's in the end, it's also about listening to your own um, moral compass in a way, because um, I think that you can't say no to too many things as well. Like you can yeah, definitely like, the end in a situation where you're like working in your own little silo and like saying, no, I'm not going to help anyone because this is not in my job description. I'm just going to, you know, focus on these things. And that's not what it's about at all. Like it's no. about seeking this kind of balance. It's about seeing this like compromise that you're feeling comfortable with. Well, no, that you know, there are these boundaries at each end of the spectrum, which you need to navigate between. Yeah, totally. From my point of view, uh, I think
2: it very much depends from, from, from the tasks that I'm looking at, right? What and the priority of the tasks is I wanna take more in, to help a project uh, complete before an eventual resource can can come in and help me out. Uh, Or if that's something that, that, you know, got low priority and people are kind of pushing for that, it's definitely going to be a no, uh, even though people are pushing. People are pushing for everything all the time. And that you need to be aware of that. And of course, it all comes down to that priority uh, in the end. And uh, and us being willing to adapt whenever we need to to, uh, change our mindsets and say, okay, now we
0: need to do this.
3: I completely agree.
0: Yeah, great takes. And I can only apologize in advance because I know I didn't give you this question prior to the podcast. But the whole purpose is to add value. So I know Dimitri, you come from a a non-educational background, you're in project management and then you wanted to move over to product. I know Jonas, you've seen what they were doing over at UC and you had the idea of what they were doing. What word, what one sentence, just a summary as a word of advice for somebody who's looking at going into product management, what would you say?
2: Don't be afraid, just uh, take a leap of faith and uh, often it will turn out great. Sometimes you'll get uh, some beatings but you will learn from those beatings and you that will help you evolve into uh, into something else,
3: something more, uh, with more perspective, let me put it that way. Jonas? I would probably, I cannot limit myself to one thing, Connor, I'm sure, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I need to say two things, um, similar to what you said, Rune. Start today, don't do it tomorrow, but just start working towards that goal today. So if you wanna go into product management, uh, just start figuring out how do I how do I get there right take some of the the learnings and and also take inspiration from all the three of us right because none of us actually had the right you say education or anything like that but we, we worked our way there right and we took small steps and i think the second part would be an advice to surround yourself with people that you want to become so get closer to the product organization and the organization that you work with, reach out for a coffee today with one of the product managers in the organization you work with. Ask them, what can I do to help? Can I can I help in some way to get myself involved and get closer to those people? Right? Because if you surround yourself with people you want to be, you tend to pick stuff off from them. Right? Um, so that would be my two uh, advices to people who want to move into product management.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, when it's one sentence, it it can't help but sound a little bit peachy. But uh, I would say, (laughs) like, uh, have your own North Star. Um, Like, basically, understand why you want to do product management. And that will give you the first step to learn to ask why. You'll get to do that a lot as a product manager. Um, So ask yourself why you want to do this and then use that answer to fuel your curiosity to move yourself in that direction. Because as long as you keep in mind why you want to do that and why it's important to you, I think that a lot will be possible to to accomplish based on simply having that very clear in your mind. Yeah, some
0: valuable words of wisdom there from some guys who haven't come from necessarily a, a generic path into product management, but still find themselves occupying that position. So I appreciate you answering those. And I'd just like to thank you all for some amazing contributions this afternoon. If you're listening and you'd like to be involved in a future podcast, please approach me on LinkedIn or drop me an email at Connor.leyland at evolution nordicscom And I'll see you all soon.